It's Super Tuesday, March 3rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. It's the biggest primary day yet. Voters in 14 states plus American Samoa are casting ballots in the 2020 primary. And this year, California is playing a starring role. Then the spread of COVID-19 may be throwing a shot put into one of the biggest events in sports. And finally, we'll explain why Apple says your battery problems were on purpose. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by FrameBridge. It's been a crazy couple of days since voters went to the polls last Saturday in South Carolina. I am ending my campaign and endorsing Joe Biden for president. And I'm encouraging everybody who is part of my campaign to join me because we have found that leader in Vice President, soon to be President, Joe Biden. I will be casting my ballot for Joe Biden. In the last 48 hours, not one, not two, but three former presidential candidates endorsed former VP Joe Biden for president. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke. Great timing for Biden, who's trying to get his frontrunner spot back again. I'm asking you for your vote. I'm asking you for your support. Meanwhile, on the progressive side of the race, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders are making a play for their voters. Voters deserve a choice. To all of Amy and Pete's millions of supporters, The door is open. Come on in. All of this is happening just in time for 2020 Tuesday. But it's not just any Tuesday. Yep, it's Super Tuesday. Instead of each state taking their own primary day, like the first four states, Super Tuesday is the day when a bunch of states hold their primaries at the same time. That's because there's strength in numbers, and by banding together, these 14 states plus one territory American Samoa play a big role in deciding who's going to be the nominee. For context, a third of all primary delegates are up for grabs today. But this Super Tuesday is even more super than usual. This year, California decided to move its primary day up. Last time around, it was in June. They wanted to have more of a say in how the primary played out, not chiming in when it was almost over. So the Golden State is now front and center in this year's primary, and will be handing out a whopping 415 delegates. Compare that to Vermont's 16 delegates, and you can see why California makes Super Tuesday even more of a make-it-or-break-it kind of day. But we might have to wait a while to find out where those delegates are going. You see, Californians have already been voting for weeks, from early voting locations to mail-in ballots. In the 2018 election, about two-thirds of Californians voted by mail. Those ballots have to be mailed by today, so they won't arrive for a few days. Another complicating factor Californians can register to vote on Election Day and then cast a provisional ballot. That just means the ballot has to be reviewed by election officials after the polls close. So all of that may mean slower election results. Back in 2018, it took weeks for some California races to be decided. Super. But while all eyes are on the presidential primary, there's a lot more at stake today. In California, there are a bunch of congressional primary elections, and there are Senate primary elections in Texas, North Carolina, and Alabama. One of the candidates on the ballot there is President Trump's former attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Sessions is the former U.S. senator from Alabama. 
He served for 20 years and was the first senator to endorse Trump for president in 2016. He actually gave up his seat to become Trump's AG. But the two had a falling out over the investigation into Russia election interference. Here's Trump in the fall of 2018. We have an attorney general. I'm disappointed in the attorney general for many reasons, and you understand that. Sessions resigned as attorney general a couple of months later, but now he's hoping to make a comeback by running for his old Senate seat, which is currently being held by a Democrat, Doug Jones. Jones unexpectedly won the seat in a special election a couple of years ago. Tonight's primary will be the first test to see whether Sessions can take it back. Besides the candidates, there are some other big ballot measures being voted on today. Voters in Maine get to weigh in on whether there should be religious and philosophical exemptions for childhood vaccines. The vaccination rate has become a huge public health concern in Maine, where there currently aren't enough vaccinated kids to prevent diseases like the measles from spreading. And some California voters get to decide on a new tax that would pay for wildfire prevention and protection after the states dealt with historically destructive fires over the last few years. So there's a lot to watch tonight. The first state polls close at 7 p.m. Eastern in Virginia and Vermont, and the last polls close at 11 p.m. Eastern in California. Hopefully, at least some of these votes get counted quickly, and we'll have some results for you in the Daily Skim tomorrow. Until then, head on over to theskim.com election for everything you need to know about the 2020 race. FrameBridge makes it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Get started today. Frame your photos or give someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code SKIM to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code SKIMM. Framebridge.com, promo code SKIMM. 62 countries now have cases of COVID-19, the disease caused by coronavirus. Currently, there are reports of over 90,000 cases worldwide and over 3,000 deaths. And we're now starting to see the impact that the spread of COVID-19 is having on major events. Lots are getting canceled, like major tech conferences, diplomatic summits, fashion shows, and concert tours. There's also a petition going around that's been signed by over 30,000 people to cancel this year's South by Southwest. But the big event people are talking about is the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. The games are supposed to kick off at the end of July, but with over 250 COVID-19 cases in Japan, people are starting to wonder if spending a couple weeks in the same location when there's a contagious disease going around might not be the best way to summer vacay. Today, the International Olympic Committee released a statement saying that they're committed to the success of the Olympics and are teaming up with Japan's government and the World Health Organization to keep the games safe and on schedule. According to the IOC, athletes should keep training and they'll see them this summer. Or maybe not. Japan's top Olympics official said that, according to the contract, technically, the Olympics don't have to happen on specific dates, just during the year 2020 meaning the games could be postponed as long as they happen sometime this year. And a couple of weeks ago, the WHO said they're staying out of it. There's not the role of WHO to call off or not call off any event. That's Dr. Michael Ryan, one of the WHO's executive directors. So the final call on if that fiery torch will make an appearance is still TBD. 
Last week, IOC member Dick Pound told the Associated Press that a final decision on canceling the Olympics might not happen until May. And if that does happen, this would be the fourth time the Olympics have been canceled. Those three other times? Well, they were canceled because of world wars. Pretty high bar for a cancellation. Not to mention, a lot of money goes into these games. Japan is spending $12.6 billion to host the Olympics and only has a billion dollars in cancellation insurance if the games can't go on. Japan's not the only one with money riding on this. Other companies have spent billions of dollars for sponsorship deals and broadcast rights. So if the Olympics does decide to take a rain check, that's going to hurt a lot of wallets. Speaking of the financial impact caused by COVID-19, the U.S. Federal Reserve announced it's trying to give the U.S. economy a boost. It's enacting an emergency rate cut and is cutting interest rates by half a percentage point. The Fed hasn't done this since the 2008 financial crisis. The Fed's announcement made a lot of headlines this morning, and the Skim Money team has more on what this means for your wallet. You can read about it at theskim.com money. You've probably heard about Watergate, Deflategate, and Gamergate. But what about Batterygate? If your iPhone 6 or iPhone 7 started getting really laggy a few years ago, you might have experienced it. Turns out, you are definitely not alone. And this week, Apple is trying to end the scandal by cutting a check for up to $500 million. Here's what went down. Back in 2016, some iPhone users started getting frustrated with their phones after finally getting around to downloading that old software update. The phones just started slowing down, which made people think, must be time for a new phone. Bad luck, right? Well, pretty quickly, people discovered these phones weren't slowing down by accident. Apple had slowed them down on purpose. The company eventually fessed up, but then kinda said, you should be thanking us, that as iPhone batteries aged, the phones could crash unexpectedly. So slowing the phones down would prevent crashes. That's one approach. Or just tell us we need new batteries so we don't have to buy expensive new phones. Dozens of class action lawsuits were filed to make that point. And now those lawsuits have proved successful. To try and reboot their relationship with iPhone users, Apple will pay back people who joined the settlement and claim that this happened to them. And in exchange, Apple could end up paying them back a whole 25 bucks per phone. Great, that'll cover a third of a single AirPod. But bigger picture, Batterygate is giving more attention to the issue of something called planned obsolescence. That's when companies specifically design products to stop working at a certain point. Like light bulbs that break when you bump into them ever so slightly. Or ink cartridges that say they're empty before they're actually empty. Or barbecues with flimsy parts that barely survive the winter. This wasn't always a thing. A lot of older products were designed to be repaired and built to last a long time. Like your grandparents' ancient dishwasher that still runs. The European Union wants to bring that back and put a stop to throwaway culture in the process. The EU is telling companies that make things like kitchen appliances, they'll have to stock spare parts for up to 10 years. That way, you can find the one little part you need instead of just chucking out the whole dishwasher and shelling out cash for a new one. The EU said in a handy-dandy video that this isn't just about saving you money, this is also about the environment. The European Parliament is taking a closer look at products' life cycles with one aim, to reduce waste, be it of energy or raw materials. 
Back in the U.S., these right-to-repair laws might be gathering steam, too. At least 20 states have tried to pass similar rules, which could help turn throwaway culture into fix-it-yourself culture. Before we go today, we've got some good health-related news to share. We swear. This is the sound of health workers in the Democratic Republic of Congo, celebrating what could be the end of a huge year-and-a-half-long Ebola outbreak. The doctors and nurses you hear were escorting a woman world officials say is named Masiko out of the hospital. Masiko is believed to be the last patient in the country to have been treated for the disease. The DRC has been struggling with the second-worst Ebola outbreak on record. Since it began in August 2018, more than 2,200 people have died. Now, with a lot of effort by health workers on the ground and efforts by world health officials to clear up misinformation on the ground, that outbreak may finally be over. Doctors are still on call to see if any new cases pop up over the next few weeks. But today was worth celebrating. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.